Batty like Miss Bernstein needs <laughs> to lock it up. Ooh, we do have a twist. I feel like I could dunk down. I don't know why or how. <laughs> okay. Samantha in the house, baby. Let's do it. Do it, honey. We have a guest. We do. A do, return guest. We do? We do. Oh. <laughs> Everybody's favorite recurring guest. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm. Yep. yep. There oh, we go. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> So uh, with our guest, Rex, what did you think about this episode? Uh, not my favorite. <laughs> okay. You well, said that last time. <laughs> we're just, well, that wasn't my favorite either. We're just batting a thousand here. <laughs> uh, okay. We, fa- favorite is a, it's an elite role. You're setting the top, you know, you were, you're setting the curve. Okay. So we spent the entire first season talking about how every episode was essentially our favorite episode. I don't think we had our first like true i don't like this episode until like two episodes ago that freak show episode that we all know i didn't care for yes you didn't like yeah, yeah. i mean it's a terrible episode yeah. um i i like to rank these episodes on number of characters that i don't hate and in this episode there's only the one character that i don't hate who is i needed no names wow rex I what did they look like? We have a podcast, yeah. a weekly one, where we active. What are you doing? You better where be careful. You, you better be careful, or you are not going to be our Miranda? favorite reoccurring Miranda. guest. Miranda buying a house. Yes. Oh, hands down. This is the only character that is not hateable. <laughs> that is kind of sometimes a general consensus among Sex and the City fans. Yeah. Well, this week we're going to be talking about funerals, so get excited. (laughs) We're going to be talking about anxiety attacks. Yep. Experts. Being socially blocked. Yeah. And dun dun dun, Mr. Big. Fucking big. Oh, and buying a house. Oh, I panic attacks. All right, I see how that roped in. Okay, well, let's get into it. (laughs) Unhealthy behaviors. All right. Welcome to our podcast. We should change the name of our podcast to... To Unhealthy Behaviors? We don't really like it, turns out. (laughs) (laughs) Here's a podcast where we tear apart everything about this show that we thought shaped our life. Mm -hmm. Welcome to our podcast where we discuss sex in the city episode by episode. We're taking a look at how it presents modern femininity and being a woman in today's times. And all the weird bits that we don't like. Remember I, when you guys used to like this show? I'm Zimmy, your <laughs> cultural sex guide. I'm Britt, your super pop cultural. Try really hard not to be negative, Nancy. Uh, I don't remember the rest of my tagline. It's too long for the business card, and Britt. I'm Rex, and I'm going to remember the characters' names this week. And yeah. this is this Funky, funky spunk. spunk. Okay, so this episode starts off with a funeral. Javier. The funeral of all funerals where everyone will be there. Mm-hmm. It's a funeral to be seen. Yeah. Carrie makes a style comment that I think is relevant. The One of the few times the little black dress is appropriate during the day. Mm. Excellent point. You know, my favorite fashion at this uh, funeral was that red hat of the guy sitting in front of them. I didn't notice. I want it. I was too busy looking at Samantha's hat. Well, I'm going to find it on the internet somewhere. Okay. Uh, the the core four were just obscenely disrespectful in this event. Uh, Miranda was not there. Oh, the core three? <laughs> three of the core? Three of the core. Mm-hmm. Why were they disrespectful? They're at a funeral and they're just like screaming at each other, talking. F- and yeah, it's sitcom rules. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. I had a hard time with them having a funeral scene and nobody even like brushing up against mortality or like having any feeling other than excitement to be at this funeral. Mm -hmm. Well, that's that's, fair. It's a fashion icon, right? Fashion design icon. Mm -hmm. And I did at the very beginning, they touch on the fact that he died of a heroin overdose. And this episode doesn't go the way I thought it was going to go. I thought we were going to spend more time there until Samantha showed up in her $2,000 powder blue. What is his name? Javier? Javier. I don't Javier. think his name is Javier, is it? Yeah, Javier. Oh, Javier, designer man. His uh she said she knew him when he was Harvey. Yeah. Carrie did. Yeah. Um and Sam just wants the contacts networking at a funeral. 
I hear you about the inappropriate. Mm -hmm. However, when someone is addicted to heroin, Mm -hmm. you're kind of expecting it. Oh, no, that's that's fine. And from what I gather from just their interaction, I'm just assuming that Javier was a partier that didn't really like have any actual attachment to mortality and that this funeral is not necessarily something that would have suited him. Even even if that's the case, I I don't want I don't think we should infer that as the audience or be forced to infer that as the audience that some character should go. Javier would want it this way. I feel like anytime you're celebrating somebody's death, you have a moment where you're like, they would want it this way, right? Like, ah. And somebody should say, man, this is it's kind of sad. Like, yeah, he was into ho- heroin, but like, that's still sad. Mm. This is a li- this is kind of fitting the tone of the overall show, though. That's fair. I do think that is fair. But she did start smoking. The smoking. Mm-hmm. Smoking was a little rough. It The beginning of the show, she smoked, but it smoking is like its own character. Like, I feel like smoking deserves a cast line in the credits right now because Word. Carrie picks up and lights a cigarette and they have so many shots of her putting the cigarette out or what have like moments that are don't necessarily feel necessary you know like smoking as a tool to go outside or to talk to somebody sure but right now smoking almost has more of a presence than new york city uh if if i recall it's kind of a uh, a through line of at least the last couple episodes of her she's like yes had a scene at the newsstand where it's like am i gonna get it back and is to me it's just a kind of a visual representation of her weakness and her like not living up to herself a sign of insecurity yeah that could be the case in which case maybe we'll start to see it go away but we do know like becomes an issue with aiden like it it circles back multiple times but like the this cigarette scene that we're talking about precedes her ultimate moment of weakness calling big back within seconds yeah we're getting ahead of ourselves Uh so okay okay so meanwhile at the funeral charlotte and carrie are dressed in all black charlotte starts feeling insecure because everybody is wearing the designer's clothing mm-hmm. which i think is actually legit yeah that's yeah. kind of a nice gesture yeah uh and so she asks to borrow sam's hat sam's hat is big and broomy and one of the things that media never shows about those big hat is that they are so incredibly unpractical so naturally a gust of wind sends it flying which is lucky for her because an eligible bachelor could be anywhere, right? At the gravestone across right. the way. Mm. We're crashing funerals, people. Apparently, it's a great place to pick up men. TV loves that trope. The mm-hmm. idea of like picking people up at funerals or at a grave site. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, the name of the show for, for women in a funeral is after a movie where I think uh, the characters keep meeting up with each other at weddings and funerals. It's like the only place that they get to see each other. Oh. Yeah. It's mm. with the floppy hair guy. Cheated on uh, his wife with a prostitute. Um, nope. Hugh um, Grant. Grant. Hugh he Grant. cheated on his wife with a prostitute. Yeah, like famously. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, Charlotte meets a man who is mourning his dead wife, and they decide to meet for a drink. Mm-hmm. And then everybody says it's weird because it's kind of weird. Because it's fucking weird. It's, it's kind of weird. weird. It's not nearly as weird as her take on it. Like oh the action God. is weird, but her opinion on, like the just the the steps involved, it's just it's just so so, so she, unhealthy and so weird. She essentially decides that while he was married, which proves he can commit, that he has lost somebody, which proves that he's emotionally available and competent, and therefore he'd make a perfect date. She is a predator in this situation. Oh, oh. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But but Char 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 is famous for just like justifying anything into a nice little box with a bow. Right. Remember pussy guy? Yeah. She was like, we can turn him into a relationship. Yeah. No, Charlotte, baby. No, you can't. (laughs) No. Nope. So she's going on dates with the widow. But also at the funeral, Samantha decides that she is going to help with the Javier house. Yeah. Not because she is... A good person. A good person. Yeah. But because she wants those unlisted 212 numbers. Does anybody else just hear Azalea Banks anytime 212 comes up? What's Azalea Banks? I think it's a musician. And the 212 
That was a terrible impression. I don't belong. In <laughs> How an did acapella. that go again? I, I don't belong in an acapella group. Scritchy, scritchy. <laughs> uh, yeah. So she gets hired to do the PR for the Javier House, which mm-hmm. is going to house fashion designers in need who are struggling with substance abuse. Who are struggling with substance abuse? Yes. It is a very niche. Mm. use of funding Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so she goes goes off working on that uh i think after this this funeral though everyone is kind of considering their mortality and that is the main plot of the episode okay okay i i say that because well i guess char is thinking about her her mortality in like a different way she's dealing with mortality with the ghost of a wife right Mm. that's like she's strangely turned on by the ghost of that wife yes but the so the wife is like actually dead. So that's probably our most tangible. Uh, Samantha later deals with the mortality of her social life. Right, right. I see where you're going with this. I'm picking this up now. Yeah. I feel yeah. good about it. M- Carrie's dealing with the mortality of a past relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the like the ghost of her past relationship mm-hmm. and trying to figure that out. And Miranda is having anxiety attacks around town because she thinks she's going to end up alone. Let's mm-hmm. jump into a Miranda. I love Miranda's storyline. Yep. Miranda decides she's buying this house. Yep. Just her. Good for her. Just her. Are you checking the box for single? Yep. Just me. Are you So using... you're getting a down payment from your father? Nope. Oh, gross. Just me. Oh my God. It was so gross. And then he said that you have to check the box for single woman. Does that box exist? The single woman box. There's a string of boxes that can be distilled to you know there's a it's a single married separated those are boxes woman man box Mm. you know check all that apply Mm. but yeah no the box exists uh she answers it just so beautifully though just it's so simple and with her eyeballs she's saying fuck you Mm -hmm. just me just me i am a strong capable financially well off i have a good job I worked my ass to get here and I will buy this apartment because I would like to buy this apartment. Mm-hmm. Get it, girl. But all these people. Yeah, absolutely. But all these people are questioning her. I think it's normal. Just she's like, fuck, I am single and I am buying this big apartment. She finds out the previous tenant died in there and her cat ate her face. <laughs> that is Ye- such a common wife's tale of trauma stories. I would have such a hard time with that neighbor. Like this, this that neighbor fine, already sucks. But as that's your first interaction with your new elderly neighbor across the hall. Mm-hmm. Mm, no. I know. I, okay. But she's an older woman that grew up on the Upper East Side. They're all Batty like Miss that. Bernstein <laughs> needs to lock it up. <laughs> I can't remember. Does she come back? Is she a recurring character? No. So. Oh, no, she's not. But do. Damn, do so Batty McBernstein is just going to Miss Bernstein is just going to die here. And I'm going to miss that name. Do cats eat faces? No. Do we know that for sure? Okay. As a cat owning person, no. They just claw things. But I think they would be sad if my face was dead. I'm going to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yes. I think they would I'm, be. I'm going to look this up. As a cat owner, I am not going to be a part of this fact check because my kittens would never. Your kittens are monsters. They are quite goblin like. Yes. They are fully in their teenage years. I don't want kids. <laughs> so after the funeral and, and Miranda's buying the house, uh, Carrie runs home and calls big. Wait. Just Carrie being Carrie. Yep. Yep. Runs right back to it. Yeah. I'm having a bad day. I'm going to call my ex-boyfriend and see if I can. For the first time in six out. months. Yeah. And big handles it well and says, great. I'll see you at 8 p.m. at this hot, trendy restaurant on a Saturday night. Uh, I don't think he handles it well. I think he handles it as poorly as she does. Why do you hmm. say that? Are you familiar with Big as a character? Would you like me to give you his rundown? I <laughs> Would really you know? wouldn't. Brent, <laughs> let's not scare off our guest. Rex? <laughs> All of my exposure to Big as a character has not been super great. No, because there's not a lot of super great, but we have learned that it turns uh, out Carrie is the not great. Brett, you are on record. Yeah. I would need you to put nope. your fangs away I, for I know. a second. You are on record being on Team Big multiple times. I, mm, okay. Given situations, Get- I understand. But as a human, you take the whole the whole human unit, not 
not a not really like a role model no literally a couple more lines of dialogue would solve all of their problems for both of them i had a hard time with how casually they both just jumped into the shit show yeah they were just i mean it's been six months what six months since the breakup where Mm -hmm. carrie has just been a A wreck spiraling trash bag in she doesn't tell anybody there's no like confrontation from the girls to be like the fuck you doing and then they just plan dinner yeah just and then dinner goes romantically and fine and they're like she makes a comment about not sleeping with him which she doesn't because she goes crazy and it should have been the moment where big goes this really isn't worth my time i would argue that that was her most sane thing to do though to be like oh i can't be here right now i'm gonna go home because she felt all of her emotions no because she got herself there yeah but she even, got herself yeah but there. how long did that moment last even if you're spiraling how long did what moment last the the craziness no her standing up for her self-imposed ground rules oh 2.6 seconds right. in like true carry fashion but in for for that a small amount of time she was actually honest with herself that she was feeling too many things and she wasn't prepared for what was happening and she removed herself from the situation. I think that that is the most adult thing that we have seen her do in, well, a season and a half. I guess because the bar is so low, you could be right. But as I was watching this, I was like, man, Carrie is the one displaying the majority of the flag and Big is the older person who has like had more serious relationships and is the one that should be like, nah, I'm out. Absolutely. Yeah. But that didn't happen. Nope. No. So Carrie runs and Big calls multiple times. She starts screening her phone. And then also, okay, hold on. Time out. The important things need to be discussed. Carrie looks fan-fucking-tastic this whole episode. Every outfit. You know what I wore for my seeing my ex-boyfriend date? What was that? A sweater and cargo pants. Nice. <laughs> All right, Avril Levine. Okay. Just trying to win that skater boy back. It was really cold with an outside. Eight. Skater boy with an eight. <laughs> uh, did you have flip-flops? Were you a regular Major Kelly? It was snowing. I had my wedged sneakers. Granted, I felt great. Not oh. a sparkly halter dress, though. <laughs> but it worked. <laughs> was it him? Yes. Oh, I thought we were going to turn this conversation to be like, Rex, tell us the last time you wore something sexy to get back together with somebody. I have have to assume I wore the same thing that I always wear because (laughs) it's the only thing that I ever wear. A hoodie with the sleeves (laughs) cut off? Yeah. Yeah. I feel seen. (laughs) Let's finish off Samantha's story right now. Okay. In the episode. She's been working hard at Javier House, calling every major socialite in- Literally- working like she's actually doing a job which we never see yeah trying to get donations i mean she's doing house calls to major society members in the upper east side so i mean Mm -hmm. all of the parents of the gossip girl children work i mean i use quotes so uh she meets up with i can't remember his name no but he's married to a top socialite scrappy skippy no it's something stupid like that shippy no shippy's the woman right but it's uh, mr shippy Nope. No. 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 You're mixing up your socialites. Easy what? to do because they're all wearing the same cardigan set. So Samantha is getting hit on by this guy. Yeah. He is actively, like, actively leaning in, hitting on her. She is working. She is trying to get his money. And then she's like, He's actively well, a scumbag. Yeah. She's like, Yeah, I could take some D right now. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So he, like, they start making out. And then who comes home early from Barney's? His wife. And naturally, Samantha is the bad person in the scene. I mean, they all are, but yeah. Well, he's not the one being punished. Did you see his reaction? Yeah. Where he's just like, I don't know. I mean, you know what happens. Meanwhile, Samantha's like, oh, what are you going to (laughs) do? Right. Regular Fred's Flintstone. Mm -hmm. No, I think that was Barney. What are you going to do? It's a uh, it's it's the hormone monster. It's the hormone monster from Big Mouth. Okay, rooted in Barney Flintstone. Maybe I'm gonna check this fact check. Yeah, no, let's yeah, let's, let's check the tape. No, that's great. I, I we could use another fact check. Why not? <laughs> fact check: there. Flintstones coming in hot. 
I don't think his last name was Flintstone. What was Barney's last Rubble. name? Barney Rubble. Rubble. <laughs> I loved the Flintstones as a child. Let's okay, carry let's, on. Let's focus back up. Yeah. So there's cheating City. spouses. Yeah. So she gets blacklisted from all of New York. Fascinating power in the Upper East Side, Just right? Immediately. I don't... I. I I made a comment while watching the show that I don't understand how that could possibly happen. The most confusing part about it is the woman comes over and says your car is being declined. And then she says, no, you don't understand you you and your car are being declined. And I'm like, so do they get their meal for free? It's a free lunch. Like, did they actually work out better for them? I I don't think high society cares whether they get things for free. Well, clearly bargain ass Brit who loves a free meal or drink was like shit you won that round i think that would be mortifying <laughs> to have someone come up to you and and publicly say that you're not welcome in the in your in a restaurant uh yes eh. but Probably so we can infer like from this timeline that the blacklist happened during lunch yes yeah like everybody it happened just, quick it was a cascading dominoes of the whole new york like City. they're on this list serve of pager numbers that just like buzzed and said nope yeah no, no service uh the upper east side has a site called gossip girl real true takedown here okay this I'm is sorry. a crossover this is episode. a real thing this is not a real thing they mm. don't have an account <laughs> Well, gossip girl Brit, i need you to leave your house every once in a while <laughs> because i think your realities are blending <laughs> but be every bouncer within four square miles are it's going to see them coming a mile away check the list and make nope you are unallowed and anybody that you're with i being i've watched enough upper east side society world that this feels real to me this okay can you i mean it feels fake in like actual real life right think about it in terms of a community think of your community Mm -hmm. i walk in on you rex just groping whatever skank you're groping (laughs) samantha's a skank now huh didn't we agree that she's not the one at fault here i think i'm the samantha in this situation she does later come out as a whore i think the person walking into a situation knowing that they're married and still jumps into that situation is skanky anyway so you are getting back to the (laughs) point you are being felt up by some skank and uh i walk in i'm going to call so you are the husband in this moment i'm gonna call brit i'm gonna call jamie i'm gonna call i'm gonna i'm calling everyone and being like this bitch right so the extended denver network Mm -hmm. is going to know of said events Mm -hmm. and and anything that i'm a part of you better fucking believe she's not going to be a part of it sure but see he should lose podcasting privileges you know uh sure i i do not dispute that at all Mm -hmm. but the the people that are at the front lines of these transactions the the bouncers and the waitstaff and the hostesses they are tipped and well sure but they have no idea how to track these people they can't i call such i'm gonna have you watch a little show called gossip girl that's the fourth plug of the gossip (laughs) girl recircle back because now i understand how upper east side works i've never watched gossip girl and i don't want us to watch gossip girl i don't want to watch so good i i have worked in a restaurant if somebody picked up the phone and said, uh, hey, um, a 38-year-old blonde woman can't come in, I'm going to go, thanks. Okay. No. Samantha is not does not have that clout. She does, though. She's Samantha Jones, and she slept with everybody. Okay. I... Okay, I think this argument has gotten so minute on like the smallest plot line. We're of. spending a lot of time <laughs> talking about this, probably because it's something that none of us have been a part. We have never been a part of any sort of like upper high east society, side, high no. society gossips. We have no fucking idea. We're not even drinking works. wine on this episode, so yeah. we're like truly. we're just crushing some trulies. Um, I I think the more unbelievable thing is that 
she ends up at the end having to physically work at the Javier house because no one will come and work for her. And then she gets lifted into the back of a truck by the shadow of <laughs> Leonardo so stupid. Leonardo DiCaprio to bring her out of her societal crumble and into the light again, which they couldn't afford Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. No, of course not. The, the whole exit of this is such a fucking cop out. Oh, yeah. absolutely whatever i Room. i forgot that this happens at the end of this episode for samantha's story and because i i was i was watching it i was like i don't remember like how she gets back in like invited places and as it's soon a, as it happened i was like oh i remember why i don't remember i blacked it out because it's, it's so, so fucking dumb. awful i thought they were gonna have the wife get hit by a bus oh god <laughs> that would have been excellent for this show though I enter the that. funeral exit the funeral right oh my god i love that Rex, you she, probably should get the, on the writing staff for this upcoming new season. She is the problem in her world, and you have to remove that problem according to sitcom rules. Mm-hmm. Not Upper East Side rules, though. Mm-hmm. We'll come back to that. This is dark, and I like it. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. So we have our normal roundtable, and here at the roundtable, we're discussing the fact that Charlotte met a man at a gravesite. Right, and she's defending it. Yes. And they're talking about um, Miranda buying her apartment. Yeah. She's talking about how like everybody is making her feel bad about being it's just you. Right. And Char has a theory because she always has a theory. I hate this theory. It's disgusting. Uh Uh-huh. Thank you, Rex. And it's working Not out so... Not that I need so... to be validated by men, but thank you. <laughs> it's working out so well for her. She there's, said... There's an odd dynamic going on. I'm into it. Uh, she has decided that she doesn't she does she's not going to buy a house or an apartment or a condo or anything because it flips the power structure right she's going to rent because if she starts dating someone it would be weird if he rented and she owned mhm because it would mean that she's making more money mm-hmm. or not even making more money but potentially just savvier i think mm or taking control of your own life. And Charlotte wants the man to lead the life. Charlotte likes to swoon and like I faint like to swoon so too. that the man can catch you. But also, kitties. This bitch is the one that's going to be buying any kind of property that happens in my life. The the levels of um, unhealthy insecurity and projection that she puts into the expectation of the... Mm-hmm. She wants to swoon. The man should buy the house. And she just going to be a housewife or whatever that she's trying to apply to this dynamic mm-hmm. is, I mean, it's a choice, but it doesn't, it doesn't work with anything. Also, how can she say that to Miranda? Like nobody. So we, are, I, for listeners, my partner and I are in a happy relationship. We do live together. I have a like trajectory in my career. That's very defined and I am working on it. And my partner is like, eh, we'll figure it out. We'll see what happens. Sure. And that's fine. My partner is dying for me to make enough money so that he could just be like, house husband. <laughs> I will bake anybody's kids the cupcakes. Oh, yeah. He's so excited. He wants it so badly, which is great because... I'll be honest. I am excited to eat those cupcakes too. Oh, me too. Me <laughs> <Actually>. too. <laughs> I think you guys can just stop trying to defend her point of view. Uh, from this okay. Because I'm, it's it's well, not defensible. It's, it's not. The, the thing that is most not defensible is her bringing that point of view up at this table while Miranda is actively trying to buy a house and that's, undermining everything that she is struggling with and saying, no, and that's not valid. You should just rent because some man's going to save you. And if you buy your own house, then that's not going to happen. <laughs> in, a very, off. <laughs> in a very roundabout way, that was going to be my point. Like no one is ever going to look at me and be like, Brit, if you buy this house, Bo is going to feel demasculated. Like, no, motherfucker. No. Damn it, Charlotte. Understand your friend group. I think it's ve- it's especially valid that we are thinking about this in terms of (laughs) relationships and friendships in real life let's think Mm -hmm. about it in terms of the writer's room they are trying in the late 90s they're trying to portray characters in a 30 minute period Mm -hmm. fine they need to set miranda up to the point where she is discussing i'm buying this house i'm going through all of these issues this is what society is thinking about when 
when I'm filling out all this paperwork, these are the questions that I have to answer. And she has to do it in a way that's engaging. And it's something that the audience is going to be relatable to. So Charlotte is kind of like serving her up this like super weird out of left field sort of softball of a, well, this is why it might be a bad idea. That way it gives Miranda the opportunity to be like, to panic and have an attack. Yeah. Yeah. That's what friends are for and causing panic attacks and that's what undermining your worldview. <laughs> Too much tequila for bread. Okay. Samantha in the house, babies. Let's talk about Carrie though. <sighs> I, oh. I know, but we have to, we have to because I got to up my positivity. If we're going to have Rex on here with his negativity. <laughs> You're no, pick- no, let's just let's just pile on. This is my favorite. <laughs> we mentioned that they went on a date. It didn't end uh, on a well, what you would argue a positive note. This is no the, f- the first the dinner date, not the bowling date. The dinner date, yes. This is yeah. We're talking about the dinner date, which it- he yeah she runs. Okay, wait. The one of my favorite lines in this episode is during that date when he <laughs> they're talking about uh, the afterlife. Oh, and he he gives some dumb answer about Smarmy. a big bed. Yeah, uh, I but she agree with his. In it. Yeah, I mean, whatever. It's kind of, they're flirting and being sexy, but she responds with someone who knows better, and I just thought it was so good. I didn't even notice that because I was it's, just thinking it, about my version a, of heaven is a big ass bed. It's a great line as she's currently clearly not knowing better. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a well written line. That almost seems like it definitely would come from her because she's a writer. Sure. And she's clearly making a bad decision. She knows that she, she knows. should not have called Big. She knows she should not have gone to dinner with him. She knows she shouldn't be flirting with him across the table. And yet, here we are. Because it feels good. Okay. All of us have been in this situation, though. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All of us with emotional intelligence. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> Carrie's been. I, I feel like I could dunk down, and I don't know why or how. I agree. <laughs> uh, Carrie's been screening her calls ever since because she doesn't know how to handle it because she jumped into the deep end without floaties. Mm-hmm. He ends up showing up at her door. Good, with- you're alive. Right, right. And then she abandons all thought. No. And in the one moment of the scene of the show, of this fantastically dressed show, she goes out looking like shit. Wait, why did she look like shit? They're going bowling. That's not the... Brit? She looked spectacular the whole episode. What did you walk out the door (laughs) wearing today? I am in joggers and you can see my Ravenclaw socks out of my vans. Okay. Which Mm -hmm. is not normally a state of... (laughs) Spectacular! I'm just saying, maybe we shouldn't judge her jeans and sneakers. So we end up the episode with Big and Carrie back together. And I'm not sure I'm ready for this emotionally. Even I knew it was going to happen. I'm not ready for it emotionally. What I actually want to pause and say is we end this episode in actually getting to see the two of those characters enjoying each other. And I think that is one of my biggest griefs. Like, obviously, we know. I don't love Big. And maybe now I do love Big and I don't love Carrie. I don't know. It's a fucking roller coaster of emotions over here. But part of the grief and grievances of this relationship as a whole is Carrie has spent so long posing in this relationship. And here we get to see a true moment of just fun, silly behavior that tells the audience this could be a real relationship which is what I've been missing. Like I had a moment where I was like, oh, this seems real now. That's true. Here's what I would like. I'll give you direction. Yeah. No, give me what you got. I would like you to summarize why Miranda is the likable character in this Mm -hmm. and a quick bullet point as to why the rest might be awful characters in this moment. I, I love this, this prompt. Yes. I don't Give love the me, amount baby. of time that I've had to think about these answers. <laughs> Yo, this is a podcast. We're quick as a no. whip here. We don't. Introversion isn't welcome. <laughs> it's not an, uh, it's not an introversion. <laughs> we can give you time to talk or no. think about it. Nope. I, okay. okay. <laughs> if I don't think about it and just do it now, then it's not going to happen. I'm going to get sucked into the other bullshit we're talking about. Yep. Don't so, get yeah. sucked into the other bullshit. No yeah. other bullshit. <laughs> we are a tornado of shit that comes from bulls. Orgies. Yo- yes. Okay. Sex and the City Yoda over here. Okay. So Miranda, <laughs> um, 
is making positive choices about her own future. She's buying a house. Yes. Right. She sticks up for, and uh, she has a cat that she doesn't seem to love. Uh, she, she's scared of the cat. Justifiably. So the cat's going to eat her face. Uh, Brit. Batty Miss Brownstein. This is a Rex pedestal. Yeah. All right. You can't interrupt the thing that you prompted me to. <laughs> yep. Okay. Samantha said tequila. <laughs> uh, so she's making positive self choices of she's setting herself up for success with a new house. Um, and she is defending the whole gender of, against some financial bullshit and not getting the amount of support from her friends that I feel like she should be getting valid whilst also actually thinking about her own mortality and she has this whole scare with the choking and a i'm gonna this vision of she's gonna become the person that she just bought the house from and die alone in her apartment right and she handles it she with a 500 dollar er bill yeah <laughs> fine yeah me too it's fine she she can afford it probably yeah um she bought a house in new york city so yeah. So that that is a solid character arc. That is upward trend. Okay. Right? Do we have any argument there? No. Nope. No. Uh, okay. Charlotte is a predator who gets out predatored. <laughs> That's true. We forgot to mention oh my that God. Charlotte finds out that he picks women up at the gravesite quite often and regularly. Has had a lot of grief sex. Because of course he does. Yeah. Yeah, I, sure. Which we I don't guess. kink shame. There is some like kink no. level there. No, 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 no. We're gonna kink. shame this one. Yeah. <laughs> he just like regularly picks up women and then is a predator the entire time. Using that's not a kink. No, that's okay. That's you're right. That the all right. If he's right. honest about it, if he's sitting at the at the cemetery and he's like, "Hey, I like to meet women at the cemetery," <laughs> and I do this when I feel sad, I like to express it sexually. Yeah, that's that, a kink. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Continue. Okay. <laughs> Which is only made worse by the scene where sh- where he is crying in the street because of his dead wife. And Charlotte goes, I'm into this. Let's make out. <laughs> and forces herself on him. Uh, it's cringy. It's, it's so, so appalling. Cringy. This is some Liz Lemon eye rolling happening here for sure. It's just appalling. So Miranda is your champion and Char is your... What's a character that like really fumbles the ball at the... The, the sports references maybe bring in basketball <laughs> who's the big mouth no that's hormone Sam. monster that's really bad <laughs> tyler mm, is his name tyler that's a little one no 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 the one that's like what are you gonna do oh <laughs> simmy do you want to start a sports podcast because <laughs> we'll maybe, maybe it might be kind of should. funny do you guys want to guest on the hard pick We're yes, yes absolutely okay. crossover <laughs> yeah I'll just yell things like I'm an air horn myself. <laughs> Britt, who's your champion of this episode? Miranda is an obvious choice, but I am not mad at Carrie's actions in this episode. And who shit the bed? Charlotte. Would I'm you gonna... like to double tap our points? <laughs> I think, Retweet. I think Miranda is definitely the champion of this episode. Yes. Uh, I am not going to name Char as shitting the bed because she's the only one who called Carrie out on her bullshit in the cab when she was like, Carrie, you broke up with him. I forgot about the whole scene. So I'm not going to name her. I'm going to name Samantha as shitting the bed. Even if she doesn't have a problem with groping other people's husbands, as somebody who clearly understands the socialite environment that she has injected herself into, she knows the repercussions of those actions Mm -hmm. okay i got the impression this is what made it cringy for me because samantha sleeps with who she wants when she wants sure and i support that i love how hold on i love how confident she is in that however in this particular episode i did not get the impression that she wanted to have sex with him Mm -hmm. she was doing this to get a donation from the javier house it is the only time that i have felt her compromise herself in a sexual way and I, I didn't, I didn't fit her character. It didn't fit her. And I cringy Samantha shit the bed. Okay. I support it. Yeah. I, no, I'm not. I, that was a good argument. Ding, ding, ding. Speaking but we're, ding, I mean, ding, we can ding, do ding. trivia now. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Oh, quick. And then we can oh. do trivia. And then we can you do gotta tease what's coming next. Come on. We've got some sex bird coming up. Acapella is here. <laughs> we'll be right back. 
listener. We love pretty things. Do you? I bet you do. Our newest sponsor is Reverie Floral, a custom floral and design shop located in Denver, Colorado. The shop focuses on large events and weddings and grab floral installments. Reverie's a big fan of us. We're a big fan of you. So obviously, this is a match made in flower-filled heaven. Check them out at reveriefloral.com or on their Insta at reverie underscore floral and revel in the pretty with us. Steno Denver, you heard us talk about it. Uh, They are one of our major sponsors, but I want to take a moment to tell you why we actually are here. Because we love it. It's the coffee. It is truly the coffee. I show up every day for the coffee. Yeah, we've been all stuck at home. We get to come here every day. It's super clean and safe. and It's a nice way to get out of your house while still being productive. Uh, I get to interact with people in a way that I haven't interacted with people in so long. Right. Get some, get some stuff done. He's got a keg. Yeah. I like drinking and I like coffee. If you guys are looking for a co-working space, check out Steno Denver. And our listeners get two free weeks. Of Which co-working is pretty dope because you would be co-working with Zimmy and I with us. Do you guys want to be our best friends? You want to be best friends? Please, we can be best friends. All right, check Steno Denver out at stenodenver.com and use the promo code Funky Spunk. Yeah. wait to hear it back um <laughs> listeners i have decided that i am loose like a goose and therefore am now a goose but that's not how i meant to intro this segment <laughs> do you remember do all of us remember when Britt was like i'm not gonna drink tequila while recording anymore i remember that uh, actually what i think happened there was that zimmy said you should not drink tequila <laughs> while we record anymore and i was like tomato tomato i'm samantha darling I have had a and lot of a points goose. of view that turns out there was just Zimmy telling me that that was the point of view <laughs> I had. <laughs> oh, wonderful relationships, everybody. But, but we're back. We're back. We're, back. <laughs> we're introing this episode. Nope. Nope. It's trivia. Segment. Segment. And it is a shit show. However, we have a twist. Oh, we do have a twist. We have a lovely guest today. Means I get to be quiz master. Oh, yes. And Zimmy and I are going to team up. We are coming at you in a way that if you were in our personal lives, you'd be very familiar with because we team up pretty easily. Team Sparkle Satan. <gasps> That's Glitter pentagrams. We're going to have to. Snappy Sparkle Satan snappy sparkles. No. no. We'll work mm. on it. <laughs> yeah, we can workshop it. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, Zim and I are teaming up and Rex is going to give us three questions. Yes. Three questions. Yes. And we're going to see what we know. Okay, everyone. Follow <laughs> along. <laughs> Cheers. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Yeah. Trivia. Quizmaster, guest Quizmaster. Do you want to give us um, an overview of what like the topic is? No. Is it Sex and the City, or is yeah, the it topic sex, is or is it is Sex and the City basketball? It's, it's, I don't know. It's adjacent to this episode. We walked in today and was like, "Oh, Rex, watch the episode. Do you want to be on it? Because in a pandemic, we can't be picky and choosy with our guests. And even if you were picky or choosy, you would still pick me. We would right? love to have you. I, yes, that, that you are, are our, our first choice. Favorite. Come on, guest. <laughs> Okay, question number one. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Clearly. Okay, I have three questions loosely associated with three of the plot lines in this episode. How many strikes do you need to bowl in order to score a perfect game in bowling? Ooh, a perfect game is 180 points, right? No, it's 300. Fuck, I'm so bad at bowling. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited for this trivia because you, <laughs> you have discussed all three of the questions. It's just that... <laughs> Bo Already. is super supportive of you. So he's like, way to go, babe. You got 180. Got 180. That's basically no, perfect. That's, oh, that's perfect. <laughs> you guys, I have only... Okay, wait, 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 wait. Okay, so 300 wait, 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 is perfect wait, wait. score and there's 10 rounds. But, this is okay. math. Uh, fuck. <laughs> fuck. Okay, but I know that you okay. can you can get two... If you get a strike mm-hmm. in, a, in a round... Mm-hmm. Then the other people go, yeah. Then the other people go. Okay, 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 okay. But if you get... 
all of them. What's that called? What? What do you mean if you get all of them? That's a strike. If you get all of the pins, oh, that's a strike. A strike was when you missed all of them. You struck out. Like we baseball. are fucked. We are so <laughs> fucked. You you used the term strike correctly tonight already, Britt. Want to start a sports <laughs> podcast? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Okay, wait. 300 points. There are 10 rounds? Well, there are 10 pins. No, there's 12 pins. Fuck. Okay. I'm going to say, what was the original question? <laughs> How many strikes do you need to bowl in order to score a perfect game? Okay. So I think Ten. no, because I actually think if you roll a strike on your first one, because you get two rolls, right? So if you don't roll gutters, which now has a name that I don't know, because it's not strike. Bust. But I think if in your first one you get a strike, you get a bonus roll. That gives you essentially mm. two more. So if you only hit five, you get a third roll where you get to hit the remaining five, right? Okay. So I can't, don't, if you per, roll a perfect game, I think it's less than 10. Okay, you I'm get to roll again. Number, 10. Yes. I'm going to say 10. 10. That's how math works. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> you are on the right track, right? <laughs> oh, I know something. The correct answer Which is, is nothing. 12. How? You need to do the 10 rounds. And then in your last round, when you get a strike, your next two bowls also count. All right. So you need to go two extras on the back end. You were you were on the right track. I okay. You, you had some I've memories. never done that you in real memories. life. Yeah, it was so this, you did great. You did great. Okay, question number two. Mm-hmm. You ready? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. This is a Miranda question. Okay. Miranda buys a house and also needs to do the Heimlich maneuver. Most of this last century, women could not open a bank account. They could not check the box that said single woman and open their own bank account and couldn't get a mortgage. Sure. It turns out the year that that became possible was also the same year that the Heimlich maneuver was invented. Interesting. Fascinating. I wonder how these things connected. What year did those two things occur? Okay. I don't think we could have gotten a mortgage until like the 70s. Oh, so I was going to say that I think the need would have arisen during the late 50s and 60s. So I was thinking 67 through 69. I would go with like 68 or 69. Let's go with 68 because 69 is sexualized. Nice. (laughs) Okay. 1968. (laughs) Correct answer. Women could open their own bank account. And the Heimlich maneuver was invented in 1974. Uh, Shit, you were right. I didn't. She said 70s. 70s right off the bat. You did, and I thought we would have had the foundation prior to that. So the the bank account answer is it's sort of loosely defined. It's not just not like a one day the woman could, one day they couldn't. It's sort of mm-hmm. that's not enough years ago. No. All right. Question, Question number three. three. You ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. I did a little bit of research because I was just so appalled with the whole Samantha story arc. Okay. It was the the cop out of the Leonardo DiCaprio exit. Mm -hmm. It's just so appalling. It was. It was very cringeworthy. So I found a couple of blogs that outlined the rules of 90s sitcoms. Oh, oh! this explains why he kept bringing up sitcom rules. Yeah. See? Full circle, baby. Full circle. Rex came more prepared for our podcast than we did. <laughs> what episode is this? We have no idea. Go ahead. Okay. Rule number three, <laughs> a chance event cannot solve your character's big problem. It has to be something they or another character does, ideally at great cost to themselves, that gives them resolution. It can't just be... Leonardo DiCaprio shows up uh, backlit in a construction site and lifts me back into society. Wait, why can't it? Because it doesn't work. It's unsatisfying. We're going to get there. Rule number one of sitcoms. You can discuss the merits of these. Your characters and situation don't change. At the start, at the end of every episode, you have a clean slate. You have to wrap up your storylines and you have to start in a place that makes sense. Mm -hmm. There's... There's some caveats. You can have longer through lines and you can have relationships that develop and things. Mm-hmm. But start of an episode, you have to introduce something new. At the end, you have to wrap it up. Yes. Right? Rule number two, everything must make sense to your characters at least. Mm-hmm. Okay. Actions can be absurd. 
but not so absurd that the audience doesn't believe that even your screwball character would behave that way. Uh, rule number three, a chance event can't solve the big problem. Mm-hmm. Question number four, the only point in having outside characters is to make your regular characters react. Mm. Uh, I think this is perfectly exemplified by this show. Yep. Okay. Rule number five, every line of your script should either be a joke, a character line, or plot development. Okay. Wow. No wasted stuff. That's not important. The actual question is rule number six. What? It's not three? I thought we were asking a question about rule this number three. This is rule number... This is question number three about rule number six. Oh! Rule number six. How long can your episode take place in the real world? How much time can pass from the intro to the exit of your mm, episode? One week. And then have it wrapped up before the next weekend. Or you can start an episode on a Saturday and have it go through... No, that would be seven days. Okay, I, I still... I, I do think for convenience, this show breaks this rule regularly because... Oh, shit. Because of party. Because they have to have a party for a social situation, which can only happen on a weekend. So they might have successive parties that break this rule. But the rule maintains. Two days? You have so many hours. 72 hours. Yeah, 72 hours, because it can't be two days. That's not enough time, especially if you have, like, conflict. Mm -hmm. There's usually the middle day where you talk to a side character about said conflict, Mm -hmm. and then you have 72 hours. 72 hours. That's what we're selling on? Final answer. Final answer? Mm -hmm. Correct answer. As decided on by some idiot on the internet. (laughs) You've got 48 hours, baby. Uh, Okay. (laughs) I'm going to make the argument. That maybe in the 90s, in the Seinfeld slash Friends era, but in uh, the golden age of television, I don't think that rule stands. No, I support your answer. I'm going to give you credit for 72 hours. Yeah. Great. I love our answers being supportive. One out of three, baby. High five. How'd I do? Did I do? I need validation. You did such a good job. I super love that last segment, Mm -hmm. uh, last set of questions and those six rules. And I now want to apply those to my analysis of our episodes. Absolutely. Rex, thank you so much for joining us again. Oh, you're welcome. You can't. Ugh, you haven't uh, watched it. Uh, <laughs> you need to see the Chuck Bass I need the and audience Lily's to story. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put Rex out of his misery. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs> thank you. We, uh, you. we <laughs> like you. Goodbye. We, we will be back next week with another episode. Rex, is there anything that you want to plug? The Hard Pick Mining Company. What's that? It's our Nuggets podcast that I record with. Uh, what are the Nuggets? They're a basketball team. They basketball go. podcast. Sports. Sports. You guys should do a sports podcast. If you guys watch the Nuggets, you love the Nuggies, uh, go check out Hard Pick Mining Company. And in other <laughs> it's podcast really things. Oh, okay. If you guys are also looking for another podcast to listen to, um, Roll for Blank is on a big idea podcast network as well. It's so good. I play Miski. You yeah. get the Celia Russian accent. It's character role play and it's so much fun if you're and, looking uh, for a giggle. And this last week we just went into the abyss for the first time and we uh, we met Vlad, mm. who is a 70s cop on a subway. It's It, it takes a weird turn. If you Nate can't does a great tell, job. Funky Spunk is a part of a very eclectic but delightful family. <laughs> Yeah, so come and get to know these nutties. Uh, Funky Spunk, season two is brought to you by Vague Idea Podcast Network and produced by Trash Bag Media. It's recorded right here at Steno Denver. Uh, special thanks goes out to Nate Regolia, our very own Rex Roberts, Bo Hughes, Defenestrate, and the wonderful people at our corner liquor store. And if you're a liquor company... We are actively accepting applications. Oh, stop it. Stop Questions it. for the show? Follow us on Instagram at Funky Spunk Podcast or email us at funkyspunkpod at gmail.com. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.